This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Well, hey, hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. My name is Lisa Carpenter, and if you are new here, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I am a master coach to driven, ambitious, extraordinary humans, both women and men who want more out of their life without sacrificing themselves to achieve it. I am a big goal setter, a big goal chaser. I love big audacious dreams. However, I believe in making ourselves a priority in pursuit of those goals. And I'm here to help my clients slow down so that they can achieve more while doing less, which I know is a bit of a mind bender for so many of you because you think to achieve what you want to achieve, you have to do more, you have to push more, you have to try harder. And I'm really here to blow that up. So. On today's podcast, I brought on one of my previous clients, Alyssa. She's going to share her phenomenal journey. She came to me in pursuit of betterment. And in fact, she was like a self-help junkie, one of the most um, aware women I have ever met. She was just such a pleasure to work with, just a high level of awareness. However, that awareness was keeping her trapped. And she was one of many clients who I've worked with who really use this sense of like awareness that you know what the problem is to beat yourself up. And in this interview, you're going to learn how Alyssa has unraveled her overwhelm, her overfunctioning, her overdoing, her anxiety to get to a place where she really feels healed and whole and at ease. And that's what she wanted more than anything else was some peace in her life. She was exhausted from doing all the things because she didn't believe she was there yet. She wasn't where she wanted to be. And I'm going to let her share her story in this episode. You're going to love it. It's a little bit of a longer episode. So pour yourself a cup of tea or pop in your earbuds if they're not already in and take yourself out on a walk, get those steps in and make this time for you. Now, lastly, before we pop into this episode, I want to remind you that applications are still open for the collective. So if you are, you consider yourself successful or you've built something and you're like, well, I don't really feel successful yet, Lisa. But if we wrote everything down on paper, you would actually be surprised to realize that you are very successful, but you are looking for more peace, more freedom, more ease, more connection, more time, more money, more impact, more confidence, 
more self-trust, more fun, and really more of making yourself a priority, you're going to want to make sure that you check out the collective. This is for high functioning women. You typically are the women who other people turn to, to run the show, so to speak. Uh, you find yourself often overdoing or over-functioning, but at the same time, you also may struggle with your confidence levels and your ability to trust yourself. You may often find yourself meeting other people's needs more than you're meeting your own. You may catch yourself getting into judgment, uh, avoiding things that you know that you need to do for you. You probably catch yourself being quite hard on yourself and often find yourself exhausted and lacking consistent energy. You may also notice that much like Alyssa, you feel overwhelmed. Uh, you often feel resentful and frustrated and you catch yourself caught in activities like numbing out with food, social media, just being busy with busy work in an effort to kind of wind down. It's, it's like you throw yourself into the abyss of numbness just to give yourself some space and time. And I know that you're probably feeling very frustrated that you can't stay committed to yourself. So if that sounds like you and you're looking for an intimate coaching container where you can get eyeballs, specifically mine, on what is going on for you so that you can make yourself a priority, so that you can free yourself from this overwhelm and overdoing and really learn what it is that you need to put your focus and attention on so that you can bring more joy, more peace, more ease into your life, so that you can still be the amazing badass that you are and have the impact in the world that you wanna make, well, making yourself a priority and how you feel a priority. And this is, this is the work. This is the work in learning how to step into your leadership without all the, you know, wanting to take care of everybody else at the same time. So this container will actually allow you to take better care of other people because you will have taken the best care of yourself. So if that sounds like I am describing you and you are nodding along, head over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash the collective, not the collective, just collective. So lisacarpenter.ca forward slash collective, drop in your application and we will hop on a call. If you are not sure if this is right for you and you're like, wow, Lisa, I don't know if I'm ready to fill out this application, send me an email at lisa at lisacarpenter.ca and I'm happy to book you on my calendar to have a quick call and we can discuss the program and uh, see if it's a right fit for you. So without further ado, I am going to drop you into this episode with Alyssa. Enjoy. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Make sure you head over to Instagram and share with me. And if the episode was helpful for you, please, please, please leave us a, an amazing rating and review on your listening platform of choice and share it because there is somebody else out there who needs to hear this message. Enjoy the episode and I will catch you next week. Hey, hey, listeners, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Full Frontal Living podcast. I'm here today with another special guest. As you probably realized, I'm doing interviews with tons of my clients, which is really, really cool. Uh, it's awesome to reflect on where they were when they started and how much their lives have changed now. And this woman in particular just is so grateful to have the opportunity to work with Alyssa. 
Uh, it took her a while to get off the fence to start working with me. And then we stayed together for what, was it two years? Yeah, we were working together, Alyssa. Yeah. And where she is now compared to where she was when she started is really extraordinary. So we're going to talk about her story. And I know that it's going to resonate with some of you, especially if you have really been dedicated to your own uh personal transformational journey, which I know so many of the women that I work with are, we're really committed to wanting to grow and wanting to create deeper awareness. However, it can become problematic. So Alyssa, thanks for being here and tell everybody a little bit about you, some of your background and, uh, you know, how you help people on the interwebs. I, yeah, so I am a holistic nutritionist. I help people who are suffering with gut issues, IBS, SIBO, the constipation, diarrhea, gas bloating, and I help them to be able to feel normal again without having to follow restrictive diets. And um, part of that journey is really doing the emotional work. And so part of being a practitioner for me, at least, is um, working on me as well. And so that's kind of how I landed in, um, in your program here, Lisa, was a quest of continual betterment of self, um, which we're going to talk lots about today. <laughs> yes. The quest for continuous betterment of self, which sounds so very noble, yeah. um, but in your case, you were on a, you know, transformational or healing journey, we'll call it, but you, there was no end in sight for you because it didn't matter how deep you went, you were going to create more problems. So, you know, I was reading through some of the, the forms that I had you submit for me and you had written, you had tried everything under the sun. You felt like you had tried everything under the sun from therapy, past life regression, inner child work, Reiki, tapping, affirmations, gratitude practice. Uh, and you still felt like there was something wrong. You'd done all the things and felt hopeless but you also felt that there had to be a better way. And you even went on to say, you described yourself as relentless in the pursuit because I am ambitious and I don't settle. So let's start here. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I really stood by that, like this relentless pursuit of betterment of, of being the best version of myself. And there are pros and cons to that, I suppose. I mean, the challenge I was running into is that uh, being an ambitious person, I being, you know, a high achiever, I high performer, I always set these big goals. And as soon as I hit them, I pull the rug out, out from under myself and set a, an even higher goal. And I did this, you know, in all areas of my life, but even in personal growth, you know, you would work through one trigger and then you, you know, find another scab to pick, you know, like you'd find something else that was wrong with you that needed to be fixed or improved or, um, or that you needed to work on. And, you know, yes, I had a desire to be a better version of myself, but I think uh, what was really underneath that was a lack of self-worth right. that was really driving this. So, how did it leave you feeling when you accomplished something or you peeled back a, a layer to discover something about yourself only to create another problem? Well, what's coming to mind is I remember towards the end of our two years together, I really started to actually feel moments of being proud 
Mm. And, and that's a really important thing for me to highlight because how I felt before was, well, I was never able to celebrate myself. I never was able to see the actual wins because no sooner did I hit them, I was setting some other something I needed to go chase after. And so I felt really like nothing was ever good enough. I wasn't good enough. So in the pursuit of your relentless personal development, what was the problem that you were trying to fix? That's a really good question. I, I felt like this, I just felt like there was something wrong. You know, I, again, I was a high performer. I was ambitious. I was running a successful business and, and I was willing but you to never do- felt successful though. Right. And you no, were stuck in overwhelm, You're right. <laughs> stuck in overwhelm, anxiety, yeah. you were living in fear all the time, lack, scarcity. Yeah. So like on the surface, all these things were, were going well for me. And yet I still felt like there was something wrong and behind the scenes, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and have like this crazy busy mind, which triggered this anxiety that I'd sometimes have to carve out two extra hours in my morning to hot baths and self-care to try to regulate myself enough to be able to function through the day. There was just such a, um, I was constantly creating problems in my mind that, um, God, it was so exhausting. I, I was exhausted. I was anxious. I was uh, getting sick, honestly. <laughs> so yeah. there was a lot going on for me then. And you were chronically overdoing. Yes. People you pleasing, people lack of boundaries. <laughs> yes. Like, so I wrote down, you know, I remember having conversations with you where you felt hundred percent responsible for other people's experience of life. Yes. Your life was all about managing how other people were thinking and feeling. And this extended into your clients, which becomes problematic when you're coaching because we can stand beside our clients, but we can't be responsible for the results that they do or don't get right? We don't have that power, but when we believe we're responsible for it, we get into overgiving overcaring, yeah. overdoing, overcompensating for everything. And if something goes wrong in their life, all of a sudden you're looking at it like, what did I do wrong? And, and making it about you. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, again, it was really happening in all areas of my life. Um, my work with my clients was a big one because um, I am in I am I'm in, <laughs> I hold space for clients to be able to find the path to fixing their gut. And in this industry, a lot of people are seeking health. They're seeking uh, improvement on their symptoms and they're putting a lot of weight in the hand of hands of practitioners. And then here I am on the other end, highly codependent, highly wanting that for them, but also feeling like if I don't get that for them, that's on me. And yet it's actually on them. Because what I had to realize is that my responsibility was not to do the emotional labor for them or to do the work. I can't, I can't put the supplements in their mouth. I can't cook the food for them or make them eat the food. Ultimately, my responsibility was to provide a path, a roadmap. And um, making that distinction was really important. But also, you know, it even carried into at home. I realized that, 
you know, another part of this was I was deeply scared of letting people down or people being upset with me because my self-worth, but also my lovability was in my doing, you know, like I am worthy of being loved if I am performing for the people around me. So if I'm making my husband's lunches or if I'm cooking all the dinners and doing all the clean, if I'm doing all the things, or like if my client is struggling and it doesn't matter whether they're not reading the membership site or they're not doing the actual work, if they're struggling, I'm going to do more, right? And I just kept trying to do my way through things to please the people. And, and, and it was one setting me up for failure, because again, I, it didn't help me in, on mentally, physically, emotionally, but also, I mean, I really realized how much I was robbing these people of the experience of learning how to do it for themselves. Mm, I love that. You know, the, the realizations, the, the aha moments, the healing, the growth that happens for our clients today because they took the journey for themselves to gather information, to look inward, to self-reflect, to self-regulate is so much different than me just telling them what to do or doing it for them. You know, my husband, instead of me doing all the things like cooking the food, he, he had the opportunity to learn how to cook his own lunches, which sounds so silly, but when when you have been taken care of and you haven't been taught how to do these things, I was taking away those experiences of other people being able to grow for themselves. And that was the shift for me. I was like, here I am trying to serve and I'm actually being of disservice to them. Yes. I remember these conversations because I talk about this a lot, right? There's a line between caring and caretaking. And when we overdo and overfunction for people and take try and take on their pain to fix them, we rob them of that journey of learning that for themselves. And I've never forgotten when my therapist said to me, when Macy was starting his recovery, like Lisa, you can't do this for him. And if you try to, his foundation is going to be built on a bed of wet newspapers, as opposed to him building a rock solid foundation. But like you, for me as well, it was my doing was so tied up in me feeling like I was good enough. Then I was worthy of love and belonging. If I was you know, being that person that cared for everybody. And that was such a big thing for you. It's, you know, when we talk about lack of self-worth and lack of self-love, and we could even dive into, you know, how the body, I truly believe this. I know, you know, this too, is that the symptoms we experience, the physical illness we experience is because we're out of, um, for lack of a better word, alignment with who we really are. We're wearing all these layers of the people pleaser, the controller, the approval seeker, but that's not how we should be spending our energy. And then it presents as symptoms, which then we go out to try and fix with pills and potions and powders instead of doing the work. And it was such a beautiful full circle moment as you realized, wait a minute, what if there is no problem? Because I remember when I said that to you, like Alyssa, there's no problem here. And you were like, wait a minute, there's a problem. I'm like, no, Alyssa, you're creating a problem where there is no problem. Let's look at the evidence. And that started your healing journey to realize that 
there was so much you could let go of. And in turn, in doing that for yourself, you've been able to bring that back to your clients, hand back stuff that was not your responsibility and really step into taking responsibility for yourself and what it meant um, in your life to let go of these things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that was our very first call together. And I was, I felt such a dramatic shift off of just that alone of understanding that there is no problem. And, you know, I talk to my clients a lot about this because when you're first just starting this work, it feels like you're wrangling down like a wild animal in your brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, I literally just kept repeating, there is no problem, Lissa. There is no problem. There is no problem. There is no problem. And there'd be nights where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and like, again, brains going down, making all these problems. There is no problem. And that was so profound because eventually my nervous system just clicked. It was like, oh, right. There is no problem. Right. Like there, you're just laying in bed right now, Alyssa. <laughs> there's, right. there's no issue here. So we can get into these habitual thought patterns and that's what they are. They're habits. And we don't think about thought loops as habits, right? We think about brushing our teeth as a habit and getting dressed in the morning as a habit or going to the gym, but we actually have these thought loops that become habits. And you were so in the thought loop of looking for evidence that something was going to go wrong. Something wasn't good enough. And to break that pattern created so much ease in your life because then you were able to approach things differently. Um, You know, I remember when we were talking about your money within your business, and even though you believed you were successful, you didn't really see the abundance of your business. And that was a big shift for you to realize like, oh, wait a minute, I don't have a problem with my money. I only have a problem with my money because I'm telling myself I have a problem with my money, which then set you up on this beautiful path. I connected you with um, one of my coaches, which set you up on a beautiful path to really um, scale your business in a way that made much more sense for your nervous system instead of what you were doing. And it it carried over into so many other areas of your life as well. Yes. Scarcity was a really, really big piece for me. And that, that was everything with money and love, you know, this fear of lack. And I want to also add in here, Lisa, that I think a really important piece of this journey with you was also realizing that I didn't have to go back and figure out why this was happening for me. Oh, that was a huge, that was huge. So, so many people think that they need to like go diving deep into their past and excavate all the hard stories. And we don't need to do that. Sometimes we won't know why we are the way we are and it doesn't matter. We don't need to spend years rehashing what happened to us at five It's about looking at, okay, well, what's here today? What evidence can I collect around what it is I want, where it is I'm going, and then move forward from there. And that freed you from so much emotional baggage you were carrying. Oh yeah. Like even, even like with the money, like in, and my nervous system, like this making problems part of that was part of the problem for me is I came here and I even said to you, I'm a hyper aware person. I'm so aware of all my shit. I can tell you the exact scenario, person, place, thing, time that this occurred that made me be this person here today. And when I made that shift, that's how the scarcity shifted. You know, it's like, it, I didn't need to live back in the time when I was a broke university student, you know? 
<laughs> because I'm not in that place. I, my nervous system didn't need to go back and keep reliving the trauma. I didn't need to keep reliving the trauma because I just had to remind myself, hey, there's no problem. You're just laying in your bed right now, Alyssa. Yeah. And you, you would work bad. out of you would work out of old identities yeah. that were not even reflecting where you were today. And that's a big shift that so many people need to make is like, wait a minute, I'm not that person anymore. So why would I believe that I need to make a decision from, you know, broke me from mm -hmm. 30 years ago? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. And that was a powerful shift. Well, I, you know, I think too, like, I'm just going to jump in here too, yeah. Lisa, because what this taught me because I was the person who had done all the therapy. I had done all the different things. And, and I remember we had a great conversation over Voxer one day about how, um, for me, therapy was living in the past. Yes. It kept bringing me back to the past. And all that made me was more aware, but also more resentful and more angry and more bitter and more sad and abandoned and all the things. And working here really got me grounded in the present and empowered me to realize like I get to choose here I get to choose how I'm feeling today not because of 20 years ago or a year ago or five years ago um I didn't need to keep hashing out that past stuff no it really you know there's a place for therapy I've done therapy I've also done coaching yeah coaching is really about moving you out of that victim status yes. and victim status has you attached to the past. You are this way because this happened. And coaching is really about stepping into an empowered place of being and being responsible for who you are now. Are you really going to continue to blame your parents for what happened to you 20 years ago? I mean, show me somebody who doesn't have something that has happened with their parents that they wish hadn't have happened. Right. But our parents were doing the best they could. And it's taking responsibility for, okay, well, here I am today. What do I want for myself moving forward? And mm -hmm. so awareness is this like double-edged sword because yeah. some of my best clients are very aware. Most of my clients have done a significant amount of self-development, which is great. I need them to be at a certain place of awareness with themselves, but it can also then become a trap because they believe they know everything they need to know, which yeah. then puts them in this cycle of like, why aren't I there yet? If I've done all this stuff, why haven't I accomplished what I want to accomplish? Or why do I still feel like I'm broken? Or why am I still getting into procrastination or, you know, excuses or perfectionism? So do you want to speak a little bit to that, how to get out of that, um, how to release that belief that like, I should know better by now? I think this is a really great question. There's, and my mind goes to a few different things here, but I think that the first piece is that we have to remember that the journey is humbling. Mm. And whenever we get into that place of knowing it is our ego trying to protect us, you know, it's really this part of your brain that is trying to keep you in your comfort zone. And this is one of the things that really helped me were the questions that you would leave me with that would just, it felt like totally expand my mind. My brain was sinking down one path and, and you'd land a question in my box and my brain would just totally explode and go in another direction in the best way possible. You know, um, things like you would say, like, what evidence do you have that this is still happening for you today? 
you know, like with regards to the past, um, we had a really great conversation about how I was living in the past. And I kept fighting with you because I was, you know, like, oh, well, I know. <laughs> you were very like, attached to your past history. I was very, I very attached. You, you know, this was a perfect example of this like place where you're like, well, I know because I've done so much work. And so I was sitting there miss bossy boots like well i know lisa that i'm not living in my past because this shit's still happening today <laughs> and you were like you're missing the point completely and and you gave me the most beautiful reframe you're like it's not about like what's happening it's that you were living through this lens you're perceiving it through the lens of the past like if the past had never happened how would your experience of this thing happening today be different and that just was, that totally shifted things for me. And that's why I think we have to remain open and humble and cultivate a space of safety so that we can do that um, and know that when that sort of know-it-all comes up, that is our protector. I think that a lot of people, when they get into that space of, you know, why aren't I there yet? I've done all the things there's somewhere in there that they're, they're attached to a certain part of their identity that mm -hmm. doesn't want them to move forward. And this is why blind spots are well blind, yeah. right? We can't see them because that part of us literally thinks it's its job to protect us from knowing that that doesn't need to be true. And we've got examples, I mean, all around the globe, right? You think okay. something's true and then, wow, what if it's not true? And that creates such dissonance in us to have to look at a different perspective and be open to the fact that, wow, there might be something else here that I don't know. And this is where, you know, really large group programs can become problematic. So obviously I'm a big fan of, I'm inside TCP, which is Jim Fortin's program as a coach. I believe in that program hundred percent, but I also believe that we come to a certain point where if we don't take the leap to be in a more intimate container and really have somebody with their eyes on us, we won't move past the bigger rocks that are keeping us stuck because our, like I said, your ego just will not let you see what's mm -hmm. there. And that yeah. can be so frustrating for someone who's self-aware because they want to be able to do it themselves. And that yeah. was a really big thing for you as well. Like I've got this, I could do it myself. I think we should talk a little bit about the Alyssa who was like, I don't need help. <laughs> we now have, we now have somebody in your business helping you, who is also my right-hand woman, yes, um, yes. but you were literally at that place. Like you had to get over the hump of I'm willing to hire Lisa because I recognize I need help with this. Yeah. And that spread out through all areas of your life. There's like a relinquishing of control. <laughs> None of my people like to surrender. None of my people like to give up I control. I know. And I think that there's a, it's, that's a loaded thing. You know, there's a lot of reasons why that happens, but it doesn't matter why it's happening really. Um, I just, I just really felt like no one can do it better than me. You know, it was like, and, and you would ask like, if it gets done, does it matter how it got done? I'm like, mm yes kind of like you know I really wanted to hang on to that <laughs> and I gotta tell you when you get to the other side that release is like the pressure that is lifted off of you it it feels so good that 
the idea of going back is so just just revolting to you. It is difficult to, you can't, you literally can't go back. Um, Do you see how that belief was so rooted in self-importance? Yeah. Right. Like I can do only, I can do this. I know better for me. I also know better for you. I know better for all of humanity. And it, it really does come back to that self-importance because, oh my God, if somebody can do it better than you, what does that say for your identity? What does that say for your worth and your value? Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at these places where the universe or, you know, whatever you want to call it is giving us, um, clues as to where we're not really loving and valuing ourselves, which is what so much of this work comes back to is learning how to love and value ourselves more outside of our doing outside of the doing. That's right. You know, like it's making me think of, so I brought up my husband making his lunches because that was such a big piece for me. And, um, and, and it's such a, you know, simple, good example, but I kept saying, I wanted his help and Hey, can you, can you make your lunches? And he was game, but I wouldn't let him. <laughs> you know, even after I asked for help, I still caught myself doing it. And that again, it was because I still had to go in and unpack that I am lovable without doing these things. You know, like I am enough. If if I do nothing more, just me in you know, my essence is lovable and enough, you know, and um that was a really potent lesson to learn. Well, on the back of that, talk a little bit about how you were able to step into receiving, because that was also challenging for you to identify what it is you wanted and needed, mm-hmm. and then to have the courage to ask for what you wanted and needed without yeah. being attached to whether or not those needs and wants would be met. We have to be clear there, right? Just because we stand up and we know what we want and need doesn't mean that everybody's going to like bow down to us. Yeah. But talk a little bit about that and how you have now allowed yourself to receive support and ask for it. Uh, well, again, I think the big thing is the, the dis the discomfort that you sit with in going through this stuff, because let's be clear, like the only way to work through this stuff is through, (laughs) is to sit in the discomfort of the resistance and, you know, the thoughts that come up, um, getting to the other side, the relief is, is so rewarding. It makes it difficult to go back. And so I've found that I just, it was like practicing, you know, it was like, these are muscles that we have to exercise, so to speak, right? And so my asks were very small to begin with. Um, it would be like, you know, hey, babe, can you grab me a glass of water while you're already in the kitchen <laughs> kind of thing? And last night, I was so proud of myself. You know, I'm in the bathtub and I'm like, hey, babe, can you go grab me some water? Like the, see, what I'm saying is the asks start really small and you, you'll find your brain might have conditions around them. Like, well, I'll just ask him while he's already in there, you know, but eventually it gets easier and easier. And you realize that people do want to show up and support you. Right. I really do. I did need to see that, that people did want to see me well. They wanted to see me win. They wanted to see me supported too. And a lot of the resistance I was experience, experiencing was a lot to do with 
how I felt about receiving and less to do with other people's willingness to, to give. Cause you even struggled with that in our relationship. Cause you know, working for me, right. One-to-one I am like all in with my clients Yeah, and is very high. It's a very high touch uh, experience. And you even struggled to ask for help and receive from me. So a lot of coaching we do in Voxer, which is like a, you know, voice walkie talkie app. And I remember you saying like, I'm having a really hard time receiving this feedback, this care, this concern, this love from you. Yeah. Like this must not be real. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, Alyssa, what if it is, how would that change your life? If you, if you started to believe that what people are trying to give you is true and that you are worthy and deserving of that. Yeah. And, and too, Lisa, I have to give you some credit in here too, because a, a big shift that was happening for me was that you were modeling things that I had never witnessed before. And that was uncomfortable. Mm. Again, I remember the day you sent me a boxer and said, I love you. And I was like, oh my God, like I felt it. It was so, I, I, and I knew you meant it. And, and right down to there was just, I, we talked about women supporting women, mm-hmm. you know, your relationship between you and, and Tara. Um, and I, I, it, it, it still, it still hits hard because again, these were just things I had never seen, um, or been exposed to before. And I guess in some way I didn't really know. I, I was like, this, this must be a thing out there, but it, uh, I had just never seen it done. And I don't know how else to, I'm kind of stuttering here because I don't know how else to explain the experience of just being immersed in something so pure, um, without conditions. Like I just felt so supported and, and truly loved. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you felt that emotional. I (laughs) I get emotional too. I get, I, I, you know, I'm seen as a real hard ass, which I am, I, you know, I ask tough questions. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the things that many people won't say because I care enough about my clients to say those things. I'm not here to be everybody's best friend and I can do that and love my clients fiercely. And I do, and I care deeply. And I even have to check myself because sometimes I want more for my clients than, than they're ready to want for themselves. Right. And again, that's me. I have to back up make sure that I'm not getting into my old behaviors, but, and, and this, so many people don't understand how the two can coexist at the same time. But I can tell you from my own experience, when you are fiercely supported in a container and you are seen and you are heard in your most vulnerable moments, the rapid growth that is possible from that place, because so many of us have never had that before. We've never been held in that way we never felt safe to show up or like you like me we were always kind of in that leadership role or hiding behind all these codependent behaviors as a way to protect ourselves and you know the fact that you allowed yourself to just be so real and vulnerable and be supported in that way was just such a was such a beautiful thing so thank you because that's that's one thing we forget when we don't allow ourselves to receive we rob the other person of feeling good about their giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so many of my clients want to give, right? Why do we want to give? Because it makes us feel so great. 
but it sucks to be on the opposite end of like when you're giving and somebody doesn't want to receive. Yes. And, you know, when I, when my clients walk into my, my container, I encourage them like be in my Voxer, like message me is what you want. I have boundaries around it. So I'm not going to answer at midnight or on a Sunday afternoon, unless I feel like it, there's yeah. boundaries there, but I want all of my clients to learn, to take up space, to learn, to ask for help, to learn, to receive, because I also know that was such a, a large part of my own healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it is a really big piece for many people. And, uh, I think we're, you know, not to go into the past, but, you know, we're taught this a lot as, as children, when we see little things like, um, you know, your parents will say, Oh, go give your uncle a hug. Right. And so we're kind of, we're taught at such a young age to, deny our own needs or ignore our own needs. And so it feels so clunky and awkward and weird when someone is like, tell me what your needs are. <laughs> yeah. And, and tell me how you feel and how you feel, how you feel is yeah. okay. I'm not going to invalidate it and say, no, you're not feeling that. Right. You don't get to feel that. Right. And we, and we also, you know, are often when we're around people who don't know how to hold healthy space, we are often invalidated in our feelings. And so to be in, in a, such a safe space that you've cultivated and be fully seen and fully supported and fully loved without judgment is, is just, it's something else. It truly is. Uh, it is the most transformational experience I've ever had with a coach by far, by far, Lisa, truly. Um, and I was saying to you before we started this recording today, it's really difficult to articulate the transformation that can occur because the things that we talk about, they sound real cliche, they sound good. And a lot of people are talking about these things, but I mean, proof is in the pudding for me. I mean, the fact that I've completely changed my business how I show up for my clients. I change how I'm showing up for my family, in my home, for myself. But not only that, it was in the in-between. You know, it's in the silence. It's in the moments where I'm alone and I'm able to be alone and I'm yeah. able to sit in silence and not need to busy myself or not need to distract myself because my mind is out of control. I enjoy being in silence now. I enjoy being in reflection now and I crave it. I know when I'm overdue. And so, um, these are all things that I learned with my time with you. That feeling of peace, mm -hmm. right. And being at home in yourself, right. Being comfortable with who you are, being confident about who you are to me, that's priceless. It's so priceless. And it's so cool to see that you're that that is what you have transcended into you, but that's because you actually moved from that place of awareness. Mm -hmm. You accepted the things you didn't want to accept. And then you started to take action in different ways in your life. And this is what's gotten you to this new place of embodiment about this, you know, who you are now. And you let go of so many old identities that just aren't valid in your life. And it's changed so many things for you. So I would love for you to share with people some of the major wins that you've walked away with. So we know you've got more peace. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you do way less now. You talk about feeling proud of yourself. I know you're working way less now and enjoying your life more. 
Um, what other what other wins do you want to share? If you think about the new ways of being that you've embodied. Um, when you are living in such a chaotic inner world, when your brain is spinning a million miles a minute and, and you're making all these problems and you have no peace, <laughs> um, you build really high walls because you really can't cope in the world. You know, it's really difficult to cope and deal with other people's shit because your own shit is just, it's such a massive pile, you know, it's exhausting. I was exhausted. And so I started building really high walls because I couldn't take on anything else because I was so exhausted. And so I had said to you one day, um, I just need to let people back into my life. And you said to me, or do you need to let yourself out? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a really exciting feeling because I, I don't know, it's been six months since we've worked together. It's been some time, but like, I feel this integration of these lessons, but specifically that one where I'm finding myself doing things that like jumping in the lake, you know, at the cottage or normally I'd, I'd sit and watch from the mm. sidelines. I was watching life through the sidelines, or, you know, we would drive places and we would look at the world through the car window. Now I'm like, let's get out of the car. Let's jump in the lake. Let's go travel. Let's, you know, I let myself out. And I mean, the people around me notice, which is just a bonus. I'm doing this for me personally. <laughs> it feels so good to feel free. You know, I have this tattoo that I put on my foot years ago before I really understood the depths of what it meant for me. And it says walk freely. And I feel like I'm finally walking freely. I feel at peace, like we talked about, but specifically, I don't feel like I'm broken. Mm. I don't feel like I need to keep fixing me. I feel like I got to a point where it was like, I even was so sad I'm like, man, I found a friend in you, Lisa. I'm, I don't want to end our time together, but I don't see myself as broken anymore. <laughs> you know, I feel like it is just time for me to go live my life now. Yeah. And not that there's ever a completion to healing. I think it's, you know, it's an ongoing journey, but to feel like there was a completion to this chasing after this made up, you know, goalpost um, that was being fed by lack of self-confidence and self-worth. I mean, gosh, right. it is just, it's been really, really nice to live my life again. The biggest compliment any client can pay me or yeah, is, is to tell me that they're complete and that mm -hmm. they they're ready to let go. Cause my job isn't to create codependent clients. So I love that my clients stay with me because I believe this work takes time. It's not going to happen in a 14 week program. Like my own transformation took a lot of time and energy and effort. But when my clients come to me and say, you know, I feel complete, I can walk on my own two feet. Yeah. It's like standing ovation. Like it is just it is the biggest compliment because that is my job. That is my job to put you in a position where you're like, you know what, maybe I'll need coaching every now and then, but I got this. There's no more boulders. I'm not broken. There's pebbles along the path. Like, listen, 
doing this work for like 20 years now, and there's still stuff that comes up, but it's not debilitating anymore. I have the tools, I have the community, and I love the fact that my clients end up being really good friends, right? You guys are going to come out here. We're going to spend some quality time together. Uh, It's going to be amazing. Like that's when I say that I love and care about my clients, it's not for when they're just in that container with me. It's ongoing. I want to see you continue to thrive and grow and be your best self and jump in the lakes and live your life. That, That makes me so happy. And you're doing it with beautiful boundaries so you can respect yourself so that you can respect the relationships around you and only more goodness is going to come to you, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you. It's amazing. So if you want to check out Alyssa's work, we're going to put all of her information in the show notes. So if you are having, you know, gut health issues, or you want to talk about poop, this is the woman to talk about (laughs) poop with, but really a lot of our healing does come from the inside. And, and again, just a reminder that your body is a physical reflection and manifestation of what is going on between your ears, the thoughts that you are thinking, the beliefs that you are living from, and everybody has their own way of finding their way. And I'm just grateful that our paths crossed and that we had the opportunity to work together because you are just such a phenomenal human. Oh, thank you so much. I feel the exact same about you. It's been um, such a wonderful journey with you. Is there any closing remarks that you have for any of our listeners? Um, I think the biggest thing is to just never give up that there's always hope for you. Yeah. You can want what you want. And if you want it, it's there, it's available to you. It is available. It's always available. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on Alyssa. I know this, um, I know this episode is going to help a lot of people. I think a lot of women are going to see themselves in you. So thank you so much for sharing so openly. And honestly, it's just been a pleasure spending this time with you. You're welcome.